Welcome to the Loan Hunter Podcast. I am Heather Hunter Jackson, covering all things real estate and finance in the greater Sacramento area. Whether you are an industry professional, first-time homebuyer, or a homeowner looking to learn more, my goal of this podcast is to take the complicated language and conflicting information you find online and make it simple and easy to understand. All right. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Lone Hunter podcast. I am Heather Hunter Jackson, your host. Today we're going to talk about where do I start as a first time home buyer. So a lot of people will start, honestly, they'll start looking at homes online and say, you know, do I need to start contacting the realtor first to see a home? Do I start with a lender? I feel like Currently, more people have found a lot of information online, so they know that they need to be pre-approved first, and so they will usually start with a lender. However, surprisingly, I think it's the stat, but it's somewhere over 50% still start with a realtor. Most realtors will not take you as a buyer out shopping if you're not already pre-approved with a lender. So they will then refer you to their preferred lender. And a lot of realtors work with anywhere between one to three lenders. They have different ones so that they can, you know, help suit everyone's needs of because every buyer is different. So normally the realtor is going to refer you, but sometimes maybe you have a family or friend that just had a great experience with a lender and and they refer you. So you'll take those referrals, decide who you're going to work with, but how do you pick the person that you're going to work with? You know, most people go with almost the first person they talk to. Um, unless they, you know, aren't getting a lot of response back or just get a real weird vibe from the person to begin with. But really, you're picking who you feel most comfortable with and really who's giving you the best experience and education and whatnot is, in my opinion, who you should go with. But what are your options? So a lot of people think that they need to start with their bank. So maybe you bank with, you know, one of the big guys like Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Chase. People will oftentimes start there. What are your other options besides the big banks? Well, there are specifically mortgage bankers. So the difference between them and a big bank, a big bank is a FDIC insured bank. They take deposits. They don't just do home loans. Whereas a mortgage bank does not take deposits and all they do is home loans. And then you have, for an example, someone who is somewhat of a mortgage bank that is recognized out there, Rocket Mortgage, they have a retail channel is what we would call it, which would be a mortgage bank. But then you have mortgage brokers like myself, who broker to many different options, whereas your mortgage bank, they're going to lend under certain investor guidelines and your big banks are just going to lend off of their own pretty much single product guidelines. And again, the mortgage broker is going to have, you know, usually over 50 different lenders that they could work with to be able to connect you for best rate, product, all that stuff. Again, you may choose to interview one from each category. You may choose to apply with all of them. A common question I get is if I'm already pre-approved with someone or if I apply with multiple people, how is that going to impact my credit? Well, credit rules a few years ago went to when the first person pulls your credit, this is for mortgage or auto, you are allowed to shop within 30 days and have your credit pulled as many times within 30 days with other mortgage lenders or other auto lenders. That was a credit protection because people's credit scores were going down drastically when people used to shop around a lot. Can I work with more than one lender? Well, when you're in that initial pre-approval stage, you may work with a couple lenders at that time to figure out who you're 
you're really going to go with. But once you are in contract, you've got to pick a lender. Let's talk real quick about the difference between a pre-qualification and a pre-approval once you have you know picked who you're going to go with. So a pre-qualification is when you just go online, you do the online application, or maybe you met with the, the loan officer in person, did the application through their system, but they don't look at any documentation. So it's everything that you have verbally told them or everything that you have entered into the application and nothing is verified. So usually the letter will say this person is pre-qualified and it will say that it still needs to see your documentation, be reviewed by an underwriter, all that jazz. I will tell you in this current market, most agents will not work with someone that only has pre-qualification. However, the issue you run into, the lending rule is that we cannot technically require a borrower to give us all their documentation prior to issuing them a pre-qualification letter. We cannot make that a condition of you to be able to issue a letter. So big banks usually will not request your documentation. Some loan officers may not request your documentation because maybe that's just how they do their files. If a realtor is going to work with you or if you're going to submit an offer, the listing agent is going to want to see a pre-approval letter. So what that means is that you are turning over Basically, 30 days of pay stubs, two years of W-2s, usually two months of bank statements of the account that you're going to use for down payment, probably a copy of your photo ID. You know, if you're self-employed, it's going to be two years of tax returns. If you own a like corporation, it would be two years of the business tax returns, a profit and loss. So there is some extra documentation depending on what program you're using. And then once all of that is reviewed, then the loan officer is able to issue you a pre-approval letter. At that point, some people will put your file into uh, what we call to be determined underwriting, where you don't have a property address, but you are having the loan underwritten without a property address, basically. So not all lenders do that. And I'll tell you, not all situations need to do that. You kind of only need to do that when an income is real questionable or something like that. But the reason why you want a pre-approval versus a pre-qual is I just had this recently where someone put their income in at $15,000 a month. But when I looked at the documentation and based on when they started their date at their employer, they had been there for, I think they've been there about a year and eight months and they make a ton of overtime. I have to have a two-year history of overtime to be able to use overtime. So if I don't have that, I can only qualify them for about $8,500 a month of income versus if I have the two-year history once once he hits the two-year mark, I'm able to give him, I think it was close to like 13000 in income. So it's a huge difference. So that's why you want someone to look at your documentation because that obviously changes your purchase price and everything. So definitely want a pre-approval. What does it cost to get pre-approved? Every lender is different, but you'll find with some banks or loan officers, they will charge you for your credit report up front. <laughs> Big shocking news, the beginning of January, our credit reports went from about, I think it was about $35 for, let, let's say, a joint credit report, so married borrowers. And now they're almost at $75. I mean, they jumped substantially. So some lenders will require you to pay that up front. There are others, kind of like me, I look at it as a cost of doing business. I don't charge borrowers up front for that. A lot of people, one of the big concerns I get is, will it hurt my credit to have my credit pulled? So when someone is pulling all three credit bureaus, that first pull, yes, it can affect your score by really one to three points. And then if you were to shop around with other lenders, then pulling within 30 days, you should not have any effect on your credit score. I'll have people say, oh my gosh, someone else pulled my credit and now it's dropped by like 
you know, 50 points. I can tell you if you there's a 50 point drop in that time frame, either you have a credit card balance that is significantly different than what the other lender had, or something new has appeared on your credit that the other lender didn't have. So it's always good to try and look at those apples to apples. It usually is not the credit pool that, <laughs> that created that. There are some people now that start also with, we call it a soft credit pool, where it's just one credit bureau. It actually doesn't even show up as an inquiry. In our broker space, we do work with United Wholesale Mortgage, who's one of the largest, well, actually, they ended last year number one home loan lender across the nation. They allow us what we call a safe check where they do allow us to do a soft three bureau credit poll so it doesn't count as an inquiry and we're able to look at all three bureaus. So there are some creative ways to get around that without creating inquiries for a while, but eventually you will have to have what we call the hard credit poll at some point before your loan closes. But credit reports are only good we have to close a loan within 120 days of the credit report. So if I'm working with someone that is looking to buy in, say, six months to a year, I'm going to recommend we just do a soft pull. So we just get an idea of where things are at, and then we'll do a hard pull when we're ready to actually write a contract and be able to run our automated underwriting engines. So you've turned in all your documentation. You've had your credit done. The lender should be ready to pre-approve you at that point. A good lender... I'm going to tell you, not everyone does it. They should go over a closing estimate with you. You know, they should tell you what the rate is based on your scenario, program, credit score, all that. They should break down your closing costs. But I'll tell you, a lot of lenders don't do that. And a lot of buyers will be out shopping. And let's say you're putting 5% down and you're thinking in your head, oh yeah, I've got 5% down. That's, you know, it's all I need, but you've, you've got closing costs and everything to figure out. And I'll, I'll dive into closing costs and whatnot on another episode, but you just want to make sure you're going over with the lender. What does it take total out of your pocket to be able to get into that home? So you definitely want someone going over that with you. You also, if you're talking to multiple lenders and one is telling you that they're going to give you a lower rate, and they're just giving you a blanket lump sum number of costs and you're not seeing anything in writing, you really should get everything in writing because I will have my estimate and someone will tell me this lender over here is giving me a much lower rate. I, I had this not too long ago where the borrower was getting, oh my gosh, it was like a point and a half lower. It was significantly lower than what I was giving her, but that's because they were charging her four points, which one point is 1% of your loan amount. So they were charging her 4% of her loan amount, which would never even pass compliance anyway, but she just was told the rate and that's all she looked at. She didn't look at the estimate. So you have to be really careful, especially if people calling and telling you just random rates. Because I will tell you guys too, quick side note, is when your credit is pulled, unfortunately, the credit bureaus do sell that information to other mortgage companies. It's what we call trigger leads. And they then start bombarding you with phone calls. I have heard from clients that they get 50 to 60 calls within the first three to five days of when we pull credit. So it's super annoying. And you'll even get text messages telling you like rates that are just unheard of. So you really want, as you're shopping for loans, you want to get everything in writing because they'll give you a rate and an APR. You don't know what the APR means. Me as a lender, I can look at that and see you know, I can tell they're charging points or not charging points when I see the APR. So you really want everything broken down in writing so you know what you're getting into. And then at that point, the lender should be able to issue the pre-approval letter. You're able to go back to your realtor. 
give that to them, and now they are able to show you homes. The whole process for from the time you apply to being able to get a pre-approval, I will tell you that kind of depends on the lender and on you on how fast you get stuff to them. But I know my process is I review an application within 24 to 48 hours. Because I tell people what I need up front, they usually are including it at the time of application. So I am usually able to to fully pre-approve someone within 48 to I'd say 96 hours most of the time. Or if not, we have a plan as to why we're not doing that. So you you want to ask all those questions, how long does it take? That's kind of some expectations you should see. I would say a week is a, you know, is a decent time that almost anyone should be able to meet. Do your research on who you're going to work with. I'm going to say, in my opinion, most mortgage brokers are a little more experienced, but you have to go with who you like and who you feel is giving you the information you need and answering your questions and you don't feel like you're bothering the person. So it's our job to sit there and answer your questions. So if you have anyone making you feel uncomfortable, they may not be the right fit for you. I hope this was helpful and um, please hit me up with any questions that you might have. I will see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for tuning in to the Loan Hunter podcast. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends and family. Also, please leave me a review, good or bad, because I like honest feedback and always like to improve. Thank you so much for sharing and see you on the next episode. The Loan Hunter podcast is brought to you by Heather Hunter, NMLS number 129963, DRE number 01402583. Empire Home Loan supports equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 1839243.